As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, your liberty-loving Latino amigo, right here 17 blocks away from Madison Square Garden, New York City. And a couple of quick headlines. The White House is uh, somewhat defiant after Biden's COVID diagnosis, saying it doesn't matter where he caught it. Plus, Nancy Pelosi is now denying any um, allegations of insider training. We'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, Was there insider trading or not? We shall find out. Also, major networks are glossing over the report that charges are on the table for Hunter Biden. It seems to be um, ignored pretty much widely. And tonight is the big spectacle, the January 6th trial, uh, excuse me, hearing. And this is edition number nine of the hearing. Now, I want you to listen to a clip of Liz Cheney and her opening statements. And I'd love to get your reaction to it. Listen to this. In the course of these hearings, we have received new evidence and new witnesses have bravely stepped forward. Efforts to litigate and overcome immunity and executive privilege claims have been successful and those continue. Doors have opened, new subpoenas have been issued, and the dam has begun to break. And now, even as we conduct our ninth hearing, we have considerably more to do. We have far more evidence to share with the American people and more to gather. So our committee will spend August pursuing emerging information on multiple fronts before convening further hearings this September. So that's Liz Cheney setting the stage again, trying to, uh, in my opinion, uh, make the case against Trump that somehow Trump is guilty of some sort of insurrection. It looks like they're trying to get him on a federal charge and a prevent them from running for office again and b potentially indicting him because ultimately, in my opinion, what happens here in the next clip is that there's a, a little bit of a defense. And this is why I try to bring on guests that I think know exactly what's going on. Those that have an intimate understanding that have served in government that understand the law, because otherwise you're getting this one sided story that comes from Nancy Pelosi's handpicked committee to basically say, hey, look, this is what we've got going on here. This is what's happening. This is the only side of the story we're going to tell you, whether it's witnesses that they pick or the cherry pick testimonies that they take from the depositions and whatnot. So I think it's it's of critical importance for, for the listener and the watcher and whoever, the viewer, excuse me, to pay close attention to that so that we can say, you know what, I don't know that this is the best uh, presentation because it's one-sided. So I think that's one thing that we have to pay attention to. Another thing that we have to pay attention to is why is there such an impetus to malign Trump? Now, clearly, again, and just restating the obvious, this is because they want to make sure he's not a threat politically. 
So what they're doing is creating a pariah out of him and anybody else that's around him. And those that are, I would, I'm going to go with somewhat weaker or compromised in, in some way or another. When I say compromised, I mean maybe somebody that's younger, uh, wants a potential future in government, that type of thing. This is clearly going to impact someone on that front, right? If you want to have a career in what I'm going to call the Washington Swamp, you're not going to want to uh, rock the vote because Trump may come and go. But you want to stick around and hang on to uh, your dinner invitations, your clout, your your gravitas with the ruling class in Washington. And without that, you find yourself lost. There's a lot of people that are in that business for the sake of being in that business. So I think it's important for us to keep that in mind. It's jarring to me that we are able to have such instances where we have these one-sided claims and it's as if it doesn't matter. You know, I just saw one of the um, videos where they claimed that they were asking people certain questions. And you can ask anybody any question you like. Uh, the reality is if, if the president, which was stated by Pentagon officials like Cash Patel earlier, who said, yes, he was there. And it even the, the text of that message was in the Metropolitan Police Department's report. So there's a there's a fact pattern there. And this is verifiable that President Trump offered military support and it was rejected. However, what happens? They go ahead and they ask, I don't know, one, two, three, four, five people. Are you aware of any calls on January 6th? Well, the the issue is that President Trump didn't make the call on January 6th. He offered it ahead of time. So I think these pointed questions that go in one direction versus another direction are definitely suspect, in my opinion. So straight ahead, we're going to get to the to the audio that I want to get you. And I think we might have Mark Pale at the back, potentially, potentially not. We will see how seriously the deep state is going to uh, mess with the, with the uh, phone system and whatnot. But I think it's important for us to keep that in, in our minds. Because today, earlier, I went to um, get my cafecito. I like to get a little Cuban coffee earlier in the day to kind of jumpstart the day. And uh, the, the gentleman that's there, terrific guy, he's the proprietor. He came from Cuba on a jet ski from Havana to Key West. Fascinating. And fleeing communism and gets to America. And he's very liberal in many ways. And he says, look, I know communism more than a lot of other people. What I see here is not communism. What I see here is, you know, people, you know, pushing the envelope, but it's not uh, out and out communism. So this is one of those things that I think we have to be careful about because, and he says, well, but look at what they're talking about. Liz Cheney, look at what Adam Kingsinger has to say. Everybody's saying something and ultimately he's falling for it. And I think it's unfair that people fall for this without having an opportunity to really examine the facts. We'll continue our discussion on January 6th because the trolling from Capitol Hill continues with uh, Benny Thompson uh, participating. It looks like he was participating via Zoom in one way or another. And there's a clip that I wanted to play for you before uh, of Jim Banks earlier today on the Fox News Channel. I want you to listen to this. Check this out. The verdict is in. The the January 6th committee is a complete dud. Remember, this was all about uh, blocking Republicans from winning back the House majority and keeping Donald Trump's name off the ballot when he runs again in 2024. They're going to end up spending over $10 million. They've they've interviewed over 1,000 people. They have 100,000 documents in their possession, most of which that they're not willing to make public. And this is the best that they can do. This hearing tonight, the the capstone event, the primetime hearing, this is the best that they can do. They haven't uh, proven anything. If they've done anything, they've exonerated 
President Donald Trump. So that's Congressman Jim Banks. And now, again, that's him making his uh, defense, making um, effort to have a two sided conversation. Uh, of course, when Minority Leader McCarthy says, let's have Jim Banks on the January 6th panel, they go ahead and say, no, 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 we're not interested in that because we don't want that to happen. So the cavalcade of like you mentioned, the uh, thousands of, of witnesses and the thousands of testimony continues with no one else to respond to it. And just imagine that in America, where you're innocent until you're proven guilty, to have an actual inquiry from Congress where the, the minority parties barely involved. And I say barely involved because on, honestly, they call it the committee to investigate the attack on the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. However, this really isn't about investigating the attack as much as it is trying to figure out a way to stop Trump from running for office and potentially put him in jail. So it's really the committee to put Donald Trump in jail. And it's, it's fascinating to me that when you have such a committee and the only representation from the other side you have are people that are entirely against him, like Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger. So uh, and I always always wondered, did I say that right or wrong? Kinzinger, Kinzinger, either way. Um, I just find it fascinating that this type of thing is actually happening in the United States of America. Now, it continues, this uh, this drama and the uh, kerfuffle in Congress, whereas now they're saying, well, you know, it is it is a uh, an embarrassment because these people that were seen coming into the Capitol building, lending support to the protesters that were there for the Save America rally are the same people that were running away when the Capitol was stormed. And I think to myself, well, obviously so. Whatever your political position is and your position on that, whether you're a congressman or a bystander or anybody else, of course you're going to have a position. And if you, you, know, you, you, you raise your fist in solidarity on your way into the Capitol building and then you're told by the Capitol Police and the Secret Service and whomever else that you have to get out of the building and you have to do so in a hurry, of course you're going to do that because that's what you do. This woman, uh, I'm forgetting her name now, her first name, but uh, Congresswoman Luria, she says that Senator Josh Hawley was egging on the protesters, emboldening the protesters, and then, of course, he decides to flee in fear. Now, mind you, he's not the only one that's fleeing in fear because everybody's being told to get out of the building and to evacuate. So I think it's it's a very rich and very telling uh, of of Miss Luria's intentions, this isn't about congressional oversight. To me, this seems a lot more like we're trying to create questions where we can say "gotcha," and I think that's ultimately the bottom line. Are there videos and statements from Donald Trump asking people to go home and disperse and and do it peacefully? There are. So I think it's going to be very difficult to try to draw that into question and put this focus on the amount of time that it took him from what they claimed was him going for the jugular of the Secret Service agent to um, actually making it back to the White House to record the video to then post it and and say, hey, look, you, you got to go home. And obviously, in, when in a situation of civil unrest in, in Washington, D.C., oftentimes they heighten the security on the president. So it's unlikely that he's going to be able to like, you know, go out to the Rose Garden and hold a presser in the middle of, you know, what was happening at the Capitol. So I, I find her position on this, uh, Representative Luria, to be very, very, very disingenuous, to say the least. However, there's another cut. And this one is interesting because this is the um, let's see what his position was. So I don't mess it up. Richard Painter, he was 
the House ethics lawyer to George W. Bush. And he was on CNN earlier today saying that Trump tweeting that Vice President Pence had let everyone down was part of a seditious conspiracy and that this tweet in and of itself, which many of us would call free speech. Well, according to Mr. Painter, this is a felony. Listen to this. But we happen to know that he indeed did set these events into motion. This was part of a seditious conspiracy uh, to overthrow the United States government, to overthrow the results of the November election. And we have seen the entire pattern of conduct, including meetings in the White House, conspiring to send in the military to redo the election, pressure put on the Department of Justice to declare the election invalid, the tweet saying that Mike Pence uh, somehow had let everyone down uh, and it'd be cowardly in not overturning the election. This was part of a seditious conspiracy. It was a felony. And when you commit a felony, you are responsible for the actions of others in connection with that felony. For an ordinary person, what happened there would be felony murder. When a police officer is killed at the Capitol building because of a felony, a seditious conspiracy. So this goes well beyond ethics. We are in criminal territory. Now, again, these allegations from an attorney are fantastic. It's great that he thinks all of these things. But how are you actually, in effect, going to bring a case for seditious conspiracy? Really? Because the president said, go peacefully and patriotically and make your voice be heard. And I'm going to get to Rep. Luria again. She's uh, cut number 12. I'm going to get to that in a moment. But just to finish up with uh, Mr. Painter over here, just because he says that Trump did something wrong doesn't make it so. It's been 18 months since this happened. The FBI doesn't need Congress's permission to go and investigate Trump for violating the law, especially since he's not a sitting president. So then why is it that he hasn't been arrested for a seditious conspiracy? Anybody wondering? I know I'm not wondering. I know it's because it didn't happen. And, And in a country where you have free speech and you can make statements as bold as that one, because of New York Times versus Sullivan and, and being free from any uh, libel, you could just say whatever you want in the media. And it echoes and it echoes. And if some people like it, they could say, hey, you know what? Yeah, Trump, seditious conspiracy. Sure. Yeah, no. Uh, destroying democracy. And it, and it becomes a chant that everybody's singing. And whether you like his form or not, whether you like his tweets or not, whether you like his demeanor or not, it doesn't make him a seditious conspirator any more than you or me are. Because that's just the reality of life. When somebody wants to challenge an election, whether you're running for dog catcher or school board or anything else, and you decide you want to challenge those results, you have the right to challenge results. You have the right to say, I demand a recount. Now, I guess it's always considered in good form to say, you know what, I'm going to be a gracious uh, loser and bow out here and say, you know what, okay, uh, you win, I lose. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that's exactly what you have to do each and every time. That's up to an individual to do what they've got to do. And like we mentioned yesterday with uh, dragging Rudy Giuliani into this, nothing more than trying to make it look like Mayor Giuliani's done something he shouldn't have done. If nothing, he was vigorously defending his client, who was the president of the United States. So this is one of those things that I just think is is really it's this is nonsense but when they throw so many things at you you have to take a minute take a breath and kind of decipher the bs so you can move forward and that's kind of the idea 
Let's go to Missouri and check in with Sharon. Sharon, we've got about 45 seconds. Go for it. Okay. I was listening to uh, that gentleman who was talking mm-hmm. about the president committing sedition. Okay. He said that he wanted to use the military to help take over the government. The president offered the military before January 6th because there was going to be such a large crowd. Right. He offered it to the mayor and the mayor turned it down. As did the Capitol Police, Sharon. And what's interesting to note here is that not only did they both reject it on the 4th of January, but they're saying that the president used the military. And I've got to tell you, I looked into this whole Insurrection Act and again, not a lawyer. Uh, nor do I play one on the radio. But I will say this Insurrection Act gives a, a president much power. And should he have wanted to, I think he would have had the ability to do plenty. And he did nothing. So I think that in and of itself speaks volumes. Anyway, Sharon, thank you for your call. And more to come straight ahead. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America. He's brown, he's bald, and he's breaking it down. This is America with Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Now a couple of headlines. President Biden has announced executive actions on so-called climate crisis matters. And he's saying, basically, if uh, I don't get my way through Congress or any other way, I'm going to do exactly what I feel like doing. He also uh, said a few other things about a health condition that he has, and we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, But the jury has now convicted a man who murdered retired St. Louis police captain David Dorn during the George Floyd riots. That's good news. Um, Then, according to a source, Hunter Biden, there's a probe that's reaching its critical stage. So um, maybe we'll get into a little bit of that momentarily and find out what's going on with that. What else do we have here? More news about England than the UK. I don't know why, but for some reason, I'm not that interested in England and the UK. 
And Steve Bannon demands that his accusers on the January 6th committee face him at trial. That was uh, some of the headlines, but there's other headlines like Merrick Garland and the comments that he's made. And to jump into that, I want to bring in our guest, Michael Grimm, former congressman from New York. He's a Newsmax TV contributor, Marine combat veteran, retired FBI agent, and he went to law school. I figured he's got every base covered, right? So uh, you've probably seen him on TV. He's, he's excellent in giving analysis. And I want him to uh, help us jump into this story about Merrick Garland discussing January 6th. Michael Grimm, welcome to the program. Oh, good evening, Rich. Thank you so much for having me. And good evening to everyone listening tonight. Excellent. Welcome aboard, my brother. Thanks for being here. So I have a clip of audio. It's probably about a minute long. I want you to hear it uh, because I I find it interesting and uh, I'll let you listen to it so we can get your reaction to it as well. Check this out. There is a lot of speculation about what the Justice Department is doing, what it's not doing, what our theories are, what our theories aren't. And there will continue to be that speculation. But that's because a central tenant of the way in which the Justice Department investigates a central tenant of the rule of law is that we do not do our investigations in public. This is the most wide-ranging investigation and, and, and the most important investigation that the Justice Department has ever entered into. And we have done so because this, represent, this effort to uh, upend a legitimate election, uh, transferring power from one administration to another, cuts at the fundamental uh, of American democracy. We have to get this right. And for people who are concerned, as I think every American should be, about protecting democracy, we have to do two things. We have to hold accountable every person who is criminally responsible for trying to overturn a legitimate election. And we must do it in a way filled with integrity and professionalism, the way the Justice Department conducts investigations. All right. So, Michael Grimm, I just heard uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland say that no one is above the law, uh, including former President Trump, which I think is a fair statement. Uh, but I think it should also be fair for Hunter Biden. And maybe we could jump into that later. But I, I also heard him say that this is the most important investigation that they've ever done because someone tried to upend the transfer of power. Now, obviously, this is not true. The transfer of power, there's multiple machinations that caused that to happen. And this ceremonial and albeit not entirely ceremonial, this doesn't stop. Right. If the if there was an earthquake and Congress would have cracked in half and everybody had to evacuate, the transfer of power would have continued. So what do you make of Attorney General Garland's comments, Michael Grimm? Well, I I think it's a disgraceful um, distraction and shameful. Okay, first of all, I was a young um, FBI agent during tent bomb investigation. That's the Twin Towers being attacked by terrorists. Okay, mm. That still resonates for me on a daily basis as a New Yorker that drives in every day and doesn't see those towers anymore. So when I hear the Attorney General of the United States say that this is the most important investigation in the history of the Department of Justice, it's insulting. It's insulting to me as an American. It's an insulting to me as someone to put on a uniform to protect this country. It's insulting for someone that was an FBI agent. It's insulting as someone that has to listen to this rhetoric every day, knowing, knowing full well that this is nothing more than a circus to distract the American people from where we are today. The truth is 
the country's going to hell in a handbasket because of liberal progressive policies that are destroying our nation. They've destroyed our economy. You know, you can go on and on about why it's on the wrong track, whether it's the crisis at the border, the price of gas, the price of food, the inflation, all of these things that they don't have an answer for. But they also know that the midterms are coming up. So they're trying to distract people from everything that's happening in their lives that is negative because of these policies and because they are terrified that President Trump is going to run again. So this is this is all to lambaste President Trump more and to distract the American people from the disaster that the Biden policies and the liberal progressives have put in place that are destroying America's way of life. That's what this is about. And it is shameful. Now, Michael Grimm, and I I tend to agree with that, and I I think it's uh, your comments well put. Uh, But again, going into this this uh, this comment that he made that this is the most important investigation that they're overseeing this scares the crap out of me as an american i'm thinking this is my attorney general and we we have a president who has been called the big guy and and his son has been labeled as a bag man and, and there, there's a lot of compromising material out there that isn't made up it was it was kind of swept under the rug when it happened as an october surprise last year and now it's, oh, yeah, no, no, it was fake. No, 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 no. It's actually real. It was Russian disinfo. No, no, it's actually. And, and now he's saying, well, you know, we're not going to prosecute anything until these elections are over because we wouldn't want to politically influence any elections with any type of prosecution from the Department of Justice, which sounds like a smokescreen to me. But I, I have to think Biden is the president. Like, you know, somebody pinch me, right? <laughs> Trump is not the president. <laughs> so if the guy that is the president has all of these liabilities, uh, i.e. his son, wouldn't that be more important? And maybe it's just me being a uh, you know a fan of politics and the news of the day. But what do you think about that? Well, I do agree with you, but that's not what really concerns me. I know that sounds strange. Let me clarify. Okay. Sure. I already believe there's no question in my mind that President Biden is corrupt in the sense that he has made more money as a politician than anyone else I know. I mean, he went 50 years in office and a senator, when he was senator for forever, he was making 174500 as his last day in office. That's what a senator was making. And then he became vice president and now he's president, but yet his entire family have become multi-multi-millionaires. So in, in my humble opinion, it's a foregone conclusion that there was corruption. The fact that Hunter Biden, who was kicked out of the military, let's be clear, he was kicked out of the military for a drug problem. And listen, anyone that has a drug problem, my heart breaks for you. I do feel badly. I hope that he can get the help that he needs because it's not personal for me. I don't, I don't dislike Hunter Biden because of his drug problem. It has nothing to do with that. It's just simple. He was never qualified to get certain energy contracts out of China or Ukraine or anywhere else in the world. He had no background in it. He had no experience in it. And I know for a fact, doing you know my own research, that there were major world players like Goldman Sachs that were vying for these types of contracts that didn't get them. But Hunter Biden, again, who's a, who had no experience whatsoever, he gets these contracts, but he's also the only one that flew in with the vice president on Air Force Two. So the fact that he walked away with these Billion-dollar contract tells me I don't need to investigate any further. There was corruption. But again, so why did I say that's not what bothers me? Because I think about China. I think about the threats from Iran. I think about Russia. I think the way China, Russia, and Iran are working together and collectively. The fact that Russia is, is doing um, naval um, <laughs> 
steps with China, that they are they are practicing procedures together. This is what bothers me. This is where I think this is this is our our sovereignty at risk. These mm-hmm. are you know nuclear powers, and that's not more important. The investigations into all the espionage that China does on a daily basis that's not more important than January sixth. This is appalling to me. This is this is a, a dereliction of duties on behalf of the Department of Justice. So so yes, I already believe that all of those investigations into Hunter Biden and his father as the big guy should be done. But I don't think it's as pressing, in my opinion, as all the national security concerns that are are present right now, clear and present dangers, or the amount of fentanyl and possible terrorists pouring across our border because of all of the open borders where they're, let's put aside all the illegal immigration. What about the fentanyl that's killed over 100,000 people last year, as well as possible terrorists and um, gang members that are entering our country every single day. To me, that's what's scaring me because those gang members are ready to kill another American today, tomorrow. And I don't want to see that happen. So although I think that Vice President Trump and his son, uh, Vice President Biden and his son absolutely were involved in nefarious activities with, with various things, his brother building houses in Afghanistan, all of this, we can go on and on about the corruption of the Biden family. I think it all does need to be investigated. But what scares me more is the fact that they don't think that China, Iran, and all the other far and Russia, all the other foreign issues, foreign policy issues, are not more important than January sixth. That's very frightening and concerning. All right, everybody, we're on with Michael Grimm. He's a Newsmax TV contributor. He's a Marine combat veteran, retired FBI agent, former congressman from New York, went to law school as well, and uh, I. I appreciate the analysis. I, I, I agree that those are probably more pressing than my political concerns <laughs> about under Biden. But we uh, have some callers that want to mix it up with you. And we're going to do that straight ahead. There's more to come on the other side. I'm Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. The 45th president, Donald Trump, thinks it's an honor to speak with Rich Valdez. Oh, very good. Mr. Call Screener. Yeah. It's an honor. Thanks, Rich. The honor is all yours. Conservative talk with a dash of sofrito. Now, here's Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Our guest is Michael Grimm. He's a former FBI agent and congressman from New York. Let us go to Craig in West Virginia. I had a question about the January 6th committee. Go right ahead. Hi, Rich. Hi, Mr. Grimm. Two real quick questions, and I'll listen on the other side. Uh, the Hunter Biden situation. Do you think it's worse that Hunter Biden went into the military and uh, was let go over drugs, or do you think it's worse that Donald Trump dodged the draft five times? And do you think that— That one President- seems pretty easy. Do you think it's President Biden with his fist bump against the prince compared to Jared Kushner's two billion dollar arms deal with the prince is worth? Which one of the two? Thank you. I'm taking the two billion all day long. I think that's way better of a deal for me. I'd like the two billion. Who needs a fist bump? But Michael Grimm, you know, I don't mind a dissenting opinion, but make it make sense. Right now, Michael Grimm, the January 6th committee is this obvious uh, indictment against President Trump. 
And with that, I'm curious to know what you think we're going to see. You know, it's hard to say because every time I think it can't get worse, every time I think it can't become more of a circus, it does. Um, You know, one of the things, again, I find offensive and I think most Americans should is do you notice that every time they speak about January 6th, the death toll changes? First, it's four people were killed. Hmm. Then it was six. Then it was seven. Then Ocasio-Cortez then it was, said it was 10, possibly as much as 10. Let's be very clear. There was one direct death from January 6th, and it was an Air Force veteran, Ashley Babbitt, who served our country honorably. She was unarmed, and she was shot by a... A Capitol Police officer. She was shot dead in the stomach. No weapons. She wasn't hurting anyone. And that's the one tragic death that came out of this directly. Uh, others that police, Capitol Police officers that committed suicide later had nothing to do, it was not directly related to this. Others had heart attack stroke, not related to this. So you know, that I find offensive that they continue to give a different number to the death toll. And other than this not true. So if, if any of this was valid, they wouldn't have to lie about the death count. I think that that tells you a lot. But the theatrics just continues. I mean, I, I don't know how bad it can get. Some of it is just outright silly and offensive. And I think that most of America has turned it out. I think they've tuned off. Uh, they don't want to listen to this anymore because it is a bit insulting to your intelligence. Um, and I want to be clear, anyone that broke a window, anyone that broke a door, anyone that in any way defaced any property should be held accountable for breaking government property. And if there was some that trespassed, they should be cited with a fine for trespass. But the disgrace of putting some of these people in solitary confinement for this law is so outrageous and so un-American uh, that all of you, all of America, I don't care if you're a Democrat or a Republican or conservative, liberal, you should be offended by this. And I really do hope uh, that this comes to an end because it's not healthy for our democracy. This is not good for our, our Department of Justice. This is a weaponization of our Justice Department. And it's all for one reason, to make Donald Trump look bad so that he cannot be a strong candidate in the next presidential election. And it's not working. And, of course, as I said before, to distract people from the horrendous policies that are, that are actually hurting Americans every day, whether it's the gas that they can't afford, the food that they can't afford, the open borders and the crime wave, by the way, that I didn't even mention before, crime across America, again, because of terrible liberal policies. And we're supposed to forget, by the way, you know, we talk about this January 6th, how they say how terrible it was. What about the fact that there were protesters all summer, one in particular incident where they chained the outside doors of a uh, courthouse, a federal courthouse, while court officers were still inside and tried to firebomb it with Molotov cocktails. That, that to me is an outrageous act that we don't hear anything about anymore. So that entire summer of just insanity and crime, which led to much more crime because no one was held accountable. We don't hear anything about that. All we hear about is the circus of January 6th as a distraction and to, and to try and hurt President Trump's chances in the next election. All right, folks, we are on with Michael Grimm, uh, former FBI agent, Newsmax TV contributor. Now, straight ahead, I want to get into... Uh, some of what what's going on with the news around Rudy Giuliani. So we'll leave that for after this break. But to put a pin in this here, uh, I'm reading in Rolling Stone that they're going to put on a show tomorrow. I, I'm guessing with video of Republican lawmakers in in the um, in the Senate chambers during the um, counting of the votes and whatnot, 
cowering, because apparently that, that's what they're saying here. This is the headline. January 6th committee plans to humiliate MAGA lawmakers who cowered during the Capitol attack, whether it was taking cover or whatnot during the riot. Uh, how do you think this is going to go to say, oh, my gosh, they, they attacked the Capitol and these guys were scared? Is that going to sway anybody's opinion? Well, absolutely not. And again, not for anything, but are, are these lawmakers paid to be on the Front, uh, front line responders of some kind? Are they SWAT members that they were supposed right. to be holding a line? These are not necessarily uh, individuals that have any police or law enforcement training. So I think it's natural if you're being told, hey, there's a riot outside um, to be concerned and possibly scared. I don't hold anyone responsible for that. Now, me as a former Marine, I would have probably been out there saying, let's go find out what's going on. I'm going to back up the Capitol Police. But I, I understand that members of Congress that might not have any training, have no idea the severity. They might not have known exactly what they meant by a riot. And they had every right to be concerned for their safety. So, I, I, I again, this is all making a mountain of a molehill. They're trying to create um, you know, a picture of complete and utter chaos and that all Republicans are responsible mm-hmm. and this almost ended our democracy. And the truth is, it really didn't. Let us go to San Francisco and check in with Rod. Hey, Rod, welcome to the program. You're on with Rich Valdez and Michael Grimm. Well, thank you, Rich. And also, I want to uh, thank your guest for his service as well. Um, now, I agree that, that the January 6th uh, investigation isn't the most important thing or investigation in our history. But what makes it significant is the Constitution does mention um, an attack on the Capitol, and it, it is a felony, and it, and it actually lists that, you know, the 18 USC uh, number. And then it also, it also mentions that uh, preventing congress from its uh duties you know which was counting the vote is also another one that's mentioned where hunter biden as unseemly as that is it's you know it, it's it's not in the constitution and it's it's not a crime it, it's unseemly as as all get out but you're saying it's you know, not a crime to collect money from enemies of the united states or even worse, for the vice president to authorize grant money to go to USAID in in Ukraine or wherever it be, and then have that money funneled back, given to Hunter Biden in the form of a business, that's not illegal? I don't know enough about that, but the Constitution Clearly. does mention attacking the Capitol, and it mentions... Right, but here's the Congress thing. Donald Trump, he's on video. He was nowhere near the Capitol. So this entire investigation hinges upon investigating a man that wasn't even there. The people that were there have been arrested. So this committee, in my opinion, it has a perfunctory purpose of trying to connect someone that wasn't there. He he did. Yeah, go right ahead. When you say attack, right, when you say attack, in my mind, when you say someone is attacking the Capitol for the purpose of, of stopping Congress from doing its job, Congress actually did complete its job, it, it, you know, slight delay, but it wasn't an attack. The overwhelming, look at all the videos, all of them. First of all, many videos show originally Capitol Police allowing people in. That's, that's one, and that's just a fact. You can see the videos online where some of the Capitol Police were allowing people in. That's one. Number two, the vast majority of these people were taking selfies. They weren't setting fires. They weren't smashing statues and pulling the portraits off the walls or breaking the busts. No, that didn't that didn't happen. They weren't, you know, not one police officer again was killed uh, because of this. They suicide after the fact. 
come on, that's just that's just not true. So I don't know, you know, when I think of someone uh, uh, for the, what the Constitution is saying about attacking, I'm thinking of people coming with weapons and firebombing and shooting. And that's an attack of some kind, but, and or and physically grabbing the police officers, taking them to the ground, you know, and hurting them, stabbing them, shooting them, kicking them. That did not happen. So when you say an attack, I, I have to disagree with the word attack in the way, in the context of the Constitution. I think you're grabbing at straws, and I think it's an embellishment that has been part of this circus to embellish what was, uh, you know, to a large extent, anyone that broke anything, they were wrong, they should have been arrested, and they were. But to say it's an attack, I think, is a bit much. That's just my two cents on it. All right. Well, thank you for that. And thank you, Rod, for, for your call. I appreciate it. Uh, and, and the final point I was just going to make was that while this is a congressional inquiry and this is, uh, you know, Congress doing its job of oversight. And again, we've got a former congressman on the line, so you can talk to that. My issue in all of that is just saying that there actually is like a DOJ criminal investigation into Hunter Biden for taxes that weren't paid for um uh, foreign lobbying violations, et cetera. And, you know, there's reporting from Fox News that this is reaching this uh, tipping point, this culmination where something's going to happen. I don't know what the something is. And perhaps, you know, you could um, elucidate on that a little bit. And 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 you tell me, right, former congressman, let us know what your thoughts are in terms of is this was this the role that Congress had of for oversight when you were in Congress? Did it work like this, this one sided committee? Absolutely not. I mean, that's, again, an indication that this is not real, that this is really uh, a political kabuki theater. This is political theater, and it is it is 100 percent politics. It's not about truth. It's not about justice. It's not about our Constitution. First of all, let's be honest. When when was the last time the liberals and progressives cared about our Constitution? I mean, that that in of itself, (laughs) to me, is a little bit silly to even put that together. So, no, this is all about the politics of making headlines. Again, right now, listen, the, the president, President Biden's numbers have plummeted, plummeted. Even many liberals are upset about gas prices and inflation. So when you when you look at that, what else are they going to do? They don't have an answer for inflation. You know, they are they're literally jumping up and down that they say gas is down 50 cents from the all time high. It's down 50 cents. It's still over four dollars in New York, where I am. It's still four dollars and 50 cents, if not higher, four sixty eight. So. It's, this is all about distracting the American people from their woes, why they can't afford to take their children on a, on a staycation here with, the, with their car to wherever they want to go, or why they can't have the big family barbecue because the cost of food is so much. That's what this is really about, a distraction while trying to taint President Trump for, for, from possibly running again and make him a weaker candidate. That's all this is. It is not about our Constitution. It is not about justice. If it was about justice, there would have been an investigation into Ashley Babbitt being shot while she was unarmed. Why was she shot if she was unarmed and she wasn't even near that police officer? She wasn't even that close to him. So, you know, again, if you really want to have investigations, I would be looking at how the vice president of the United States took Air Force Two with his son to China and to Ukraine. And right after that, his son is awarded multi-billion dollar um, contracts that, again, major players in that space, which is energy, they couldn't get them. But this guy that has no experience whatsoever, he gets these contracts. Come on, per se, that, that's, that's, it's obvious that that was the influence. They were buying influence with, at the time, Vice President Joe Biden, who's now the president. And that, to me, it absolutely is criminal and it needs to be investigated. 
Excellent. We'll leave it right there. Michael Grimm. Folks, more to come straight ahead. We're wrapping it up. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. Para Inglés, o primo número dos. Para Rich Valdez. Y esto es America. Ahora. All right, America, welcome back. I am not a taco, but I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media, and I thank you for listening to the podcast version of the show. I thank you for subscribing to it, for sharing it with your friends, for getting more and more people to listen electronically, because without those numbers, we're not making the impact that we need to make to reach the people we have to reach. But thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, I have not been as active as I should be on posting some of these episodes. It's been a lazy summer for me, but not really. I'm actually working a ton. I've been working from 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. every day covering the Jim Bohannon Show, a nationally syndicated show that replaced the Larry King Show when King went to CNN. And it's been an absolute blessing to be there on that show. Great audience. It's just amazing. And really good interviews. I've interviewed uh, Charlie Kirk and uh, Tom Holman, the former ICE director, and so many other people. So I'm going to be dropping in some of those interviews uh, in the podcast feed so you can listen to what they had to say. And uh, and others, I'll be just taking excerpts of it and putting it into the show. But either way, I wanted to make sure you had an opportunity to hear what was going on. So hasta la próxima. Until the next time, America, if you stand for nothing... You'll fall for anything. And the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to do nothing. So do something. You know what you've got to do. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. 